I am tearing up. <laughs> it's just about dead. streamed right now, <laughs> and I'm not even there. <laughs> now that's inspirational, Natalie. <laughs> I feel inspired today. Part two I, of you this. Can, I could be here for another <laughs> no. hour. Yeah, I always go, he winds up homeless on the street, it's my fault. <laughs> I don't know what got into my head, but I thought, I thought this thought, you know, if I'm working year round, I might as well get paid year round. <laughs> Sweet Talk is a weekly 20 minute podcast brought to you by the Continuing Education and Workforce Training Division of Idaho State University's College of Technology. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud and subscribe today. Now, it's time to get started with Sweet Talk. Welcome back, everyone, to Sweet Talk, uh, continuing education and workforce training at Idaho State University weekly podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Paul Dickey, the video instruction manager and apprenticeship coordinator here at Sweet. And Sweet. as always, joining me is Gary Salazar, our director. Gary, how are you doing today? Hey, Paul, I'm doing very good. Thank you. It's Friday, everybody. It's uh, the Friday before Thanksgiving week, so we're all doing pretty good right now. Thank you for asking. And, and and joining us also is Angela, Angela Wilhelm, our marketing coordinator. Angela, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm not, I wasn't so excited when I woke up and it was six degrees outside, Ooh. but I'm inside in the warmth now. So I'm doing quite well. How are you, Gary? I'm hanging in there. Paul, you, you should try walking in that six degrees. <laughs> that's right. Everybody, Paul's been walking back and forth every day, rain or shine. That that's his new routine. And, and yeah. he's doing great with it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was a it's a bit nippy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, uh, we're we're gonna have a great guest today. We're having a fantastic podcast. Thank you, everybody. Uh, let me introduce our guest today, Dr. Uh, Adam Bradford. He is the dean of Idaho State University's uh, graduate school. Welcome, uh, Dean Bradford. Glad to have you joining us here today. Are you doing all right? I am. Thank you so much, Gary. I appreciate it. And I appreciate the opportunity to be with you guys. Good to see you. Good to see Paul. Good to see Angie. Nice to be with ah, you. Super, <laughs> super. Well, we're going to begin probably asking maybe uh, if you would uh, tell the audience a little bit about your background. I mean, you didn't you didn't come out as the dean. You've grown and become the dean. What has been your your experience coming here to Idaho State University? And then, you know, what are you doing now? Sure, absolutely. I, I have to say, I absolutely love it here um, at ISU. This has been uh, like a homecoming for me, and yet I've never lived in Pocatello. I've never lived in Idaho, um, but uh, this is a tremendous community and uh, an institution with a really unique mandate to change lives for students. And so I, I truly have loved being here. Um, I. Uh, I actually, so I grew up in the West. Um, I grew up uh, in, in Utah, um, but then moved uh, to the Midwest. That's where I did my um, PhD work at the University of Iowa and then ended up uh, uh, sort of the first uh, decade or so of my career down in South Florida. Um, worked at a university down there named Florida Atlantic University, which is where I got involved heavily with um, uh, sort of administration in, in graduate education and uh, some kind of one of my very first assignments was actually working uh, on the graduate committee for the English department there and I just really fell in love with working with um, you know students that are just motivated and driven and have a, a passion and a goal and, um, and 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 are kind of seeking graduate education in order to make that a reality so I got started there and uh, became an associate dean in in uh, in uh, College of Arts and Letters down there, and then became uh, 
a member, uh, actually the the chair of the the, the sort of uh, graduate council in my institution there, and then and then was lucky enough to to actually be invited to to take this position at ISU, and uh, and um, have been here for the last almost three years now, and loving it, just loving it. It's just a great place to be and great people to work with. Amazing place. Excellent. And that's a great journey, too. You've had a chance to trek all the way to the other side of our country, you know, get some experience in Iowa and then in, in South Florida and back here. We're very, very fortunate to have you. Uh, wonderful experience. And, and I share I share the same sentiment you have about uh, here being here in Idaho, uh, here in Pocatello, Idaho State University, just a, a tremendous audience, tremendous faculty, a lot of great people. You know, we really enjoy uh, being here ourselves. So thank you for what you bring. Uh, I, I have a question for you that many in our audience probably don't know what a graduate school is. Would you take a moment just to talk about uh, uh, the graduate school here, what it does, you know, what kind of programs it might have? Yeah, absolutely. Do you know the 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 graduate school really is consists of the the sort of collection of graduate programs that exist in the institution, and we have roughly 110 different graduate programs at ISU, and um, they range from the health sciences. Most folks know that ISU has a health science mandate here in the state, and we have a, a robust group of health sciences programs, both in uh, sort of College of Pharmacy and College of Health is where those programs are located uh, primarily, but uh, a large number of programs there. And then uh, in the health sciences, all the way through uh, science and engineering, education, business, um, and then and then arts and, and humanities and uh, and uh, the social sciences. So we've got uh, a lot of, of graduate programs. We attract students from around the world um, come to ISU uh, for their graduate education, and um, and the graduate school's job really is to knock down barriers and to get those students uh, into their programs and help them. Um, sort of achieve their dreams. And that is absolutely the best part of my job. I get contacted by students from around the world all the time that say, I'm interested in coming to ISU. Um, I'm interested in these programs. What can you tell me? And then my job becomes, let me let me help you understand what we've got to offer. Let's, uh, let's help you see if this is a good fit for your educational uh, journey. And then what can I do to help you get here and uh, be successful while you're here? And I have a great team behind me that works with me to do that. And we uh, support those students all the way through while they're working with their awesome faculty doing the great oh, work that they cool. do all here. Yeah. Cool. I didn't realize you had so many uh, uh, graduate programs. Uh, and and I, I certainly didn't realize the depth of uh, international play uh, mm -hmm. that you have and work with. That's exciting to hear because I know we want to attract a lot more international students to our, our program. So uh, good on you for uh, taking that on. Um, if I was if I was a, uh, a student who had just graduated from one of our programs at Iowa State University, is, is it a next logical step to go to a, a graduate school or is that something you wait on? I, what do you see for people who come into your programs? Are they coming right out of uh, a bachelor degree program? You know, that is a really good question, Gary. And it, it totally depends on the the sort of um, the area that you're interested in and the discipline that you're working in. So for some of our students, for instance, I, I mentioned health sciences, right? And we know we have a, a sort of critical shortage of nurses, for instance, um, in both rural areas as well as is here in Idaho. Um, we'll get folks that will come 
uh, straight out of earning, you know, that bachelor's degree in nursing um, that'll go out and they'll work. They'll work for five or so years in right. the, um, you know, in the, in the local area hospitals. But then those that are really interested in uh, specializing within the nursing field or becoming nurse educators and wanting to educate other nurses tend to come back to us. So that's a that's an example of of a, probably a pathway where students can benefit um, from going out and getting some professional experience before they come back to graduate school. But then we have other disciplines where it's really a, truly a, a straight pipeline um, into graduate school. For instance, um, you know we've got we've got students that are interested in nuclear engineering and they end up um, you know working with INL or other um, sort of partners um, either in the region or or in the U.S. and for those students, they need that advanced um, training if they're going to do certain kinds of work in the nuclear engineering field. Um, and so they know, you know, they're going to pick up that bachelor's, but then they probably need to go get that master's right away or potentially even a PhD. So it depends on what your career goals are and what sure. it is you're really looking to do. And depending on that, um, you know, we either need to pipeline you right into that graduate experience or we need to send you out, let you get some experience and then come back and see us in a few years. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So one, my uh, coworker is currently in the uh, graduate program right now. And uh, she says, it, it, you know, she went right from her degree into her graduate program, but she says a, a lot of the uh, people in her class classes are older people that have been in the workforce and are returning to obtain that graduate degree. Yeah. Um, so um, how many uh, applications for the graduate program do you generally get each year on an average? Yeah. So that's a great question. We we tend to get around just just under about three thousand applications um, wow. come in in wow. any given year. Yeah, so we get a lot of applications for graduate um, for graduate students here at ISU. And I think last year we had um, well for this fall we we actually will accept some students up um, through the second half of the semester. So I don't think I've seen the final numbers. The fall before, I think we had about 2,800 um, applications. So it's a, it's a significant number of applications. Wow. Um, yeah. So so um, on when we say application, are they actually applying? Is there a chance that they won't get into a program or is it um, based on the number of uh, people that they're enrolling? Uh, how does that actually work? Yeah, it, it varies again, sort of by program, but we have some some highly competitive programs where, you know, we may receive, um, so I'm thinking specifically again here of, of, let's say like our speech language pathology program, we may receive hundreds of applications for that program in any given year, but, but except uh, maybe um, uh, uh, 20% of those students. So it's very competitive. And then we've got other graduate programs that are geared much more towards Sort of admitting folks with the interest. So if you if you have the basic qualifications for the program, um, we have capacity to bring you on into that program, and and we'll do so. And they're so they're they're less restrictive or less, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's less difficult to get into some of those programs because folks that are coming are they're qualified and they're ready to go, and um, and we're not overwhelmed with applications. So it it varies. So I have a quick question on the same note. What is the most popular or, or the largest uh, graduate program you have? And then on that same note, what graduate program has uh, the most employability? Mm, those are great questions. So our largest programs are, again, 
Um, so I would say the, the largest, probably two programs, and they, they, they both come in right at about the same numbers, um, are probably our physician's assistant program and our physical therapy program. Um, those are both very large um, programs. Interestingly enough, um, one of our fastest growing programs over the last few years um, has been our Masters of Spanish program. Um, oh. And we have seen incredible growth in that program. We've gone from, from zero students about four years ago to enrolling um, roughly 65 students every year wow. um, into, into that, or 65 students into that program. So it's a, it's been a, a significant, we've seen significant growth and that program has everything to do with employability, Angie, because um, most of the students that are in that particular program are actually secondary um, educators working in the high schools who are teaching Spanish across the nation. And that's a fully online program and they're coming back to ISU or they're coming to ISU for the first time, a lot of these students are, have, did not earn their bachelor's degree here at ISU, but they're coming to us because of the strength of that program um, and because it's we're competitively priced and they love our faculty. Um, we have great relationships with those students and they come back and they, they earn that master's degree and then that increases their ability to teach courses and increases their earning capacity um, in the education uh, um, districts that they work in. So. Oh. Wow. So um, on the application process, I imagine that there's a, for each program, there's a board that reviews these applications. Yeah. Now, do, do on these applications, is it, do they strictly go by grades or are they looking for something else in that application that makes a student stand out? That is a wonderful question because we, you're right, there is, there's a, the, the, the programs themselves, the faculty of those programs make the, um, the, the final admissions decisions really on which applicants they're going to invite um, into the program. The graduate school does the first pass at all applications to make sure that the student meets minimum requirements. And some of those might be grade related. Um, sometimes some programs will require um, some standardized tests like a graduate record examination or GRE test or a GMAT test. But um, fewer than you would think um, actually require those standardized tests. Um, and, uh, and it's not always about grades. Um, sometimes those are used, especially in highly competitive programs to sort of um, rank or tier applicants. But many of our programs use what's called a holistic admissions review. And that is they, they wanna see the person in their in their totality, right? What kind of work experience have you had? What has your life experience been like? What's prepared you for a graduate educational experience? And sometimes that educational uh, background or that preparation has happened in the university setting and sometimes it's happened uh, elsewhere in the workforce or sometimes even just in, in life experience. So we, we tend to want to see individuals. We're bringing you into a, a pretty tight-knit community. Those graduate programs are, you know, you work a lot with the same faculty. So we want to, we want to know who you are and, uh, and we want to bring you into that community as an individual, not just as a GPA. Um, or mm -hmm. a, that's, that's you know, great. that's interesting. And what a great question to ask. And I love that response. Uh, Dean, it sounds almost like, uh, almost like a job interview. You're looking for a good fit. You want the applicant to be part, a part of the community, and, and you know, so you want to look at that too. I didn't know that that you do that. That's that's very very interesting. Thank you for bringing that up, Angela. You had a question. I know you want to ask on on one of the activities there. 
Uh, did you want to take a shot at this now? I'm going to. So it's more of a, I go to many, I went through the graduate school at ISU and I go to many of the activities that they hold, including the late nights, the summer nights. Uh, they have a, a research symposium, but what just ended, what just happened was their 3MT or their three minute thesis, which is a global competition. I believe it started in Australia and I would really love Adam to uh, talk about the 3MT a little bit because it's such a great event. Oh, 3MT, wow. is that what it is? Is that what you just said? Yes. Okay. What this, is that? <laughs> this is my favorite event of the year. I got to be honest. This I get so excited for it every year. And it's truly just... Uh, an amazing and inspiring event. And the reason why is because it's essentially, think of a TED Talk, right? You get this short distilled um, sort of uh, treatment of a particular idea or issue or something like that. And, and you've, if, you've, if you've ever seen some TED Talks, you know how inspiring and insightful those can be. Yeah. Well, it's basically the same idea, but it's a, the presentation of a student's graduate research. And, um, and as Angie said, this started a couple decades ago in Australia and um, has kind of uh, spread around the world at this point in time. And so we have a local ISU competition, then we have a state competition, a regional competition, a national competition, and then the international. Um, and uh, we've done pretty well in the, the sort of the state and the region um, here with our students from ISU. But, the event itself, which just took place up at the Stevens Performing Arts Center and takes place every year in November, um, we bring in between 20 and 30 um, of our graduate student researchers who are um, sort of most of them are nearing the end of their graduate career uh, and are well into their research. Some of them uh, are, are a little earlier in that process, but they come in and they give a three minute sort of TED Talk style presentation on their research. And what's so inspiring about it is that it's, it's probably the first time that these students who've been working for years on this research, you know, anywhere from two to six years they've been working on this research, where they've really had to distill it down and give it to you, the nuts and bolts, what's at stake in this research, why is it important, and for them, it's the first time they've reflected on this and so uh, at, and, and tried to distill it down. So they do this amazing, they have this amazing moment of realization where they realize, oh, this is why what I'm doing is truly important and how I can convey <laughs> it to somebody in a way that it's, it's uh, transmittable and understandable. And so they stand up there on the stage um, in the Black Box Theater uh, in, a, in a room full of 150, 200 people, and all the lights are on them and they've got three minutes to shine. And they do. It is awesome. They just get up there. We had students talking about, you know, we have drug researchers here in the College of Pharmacy that are working on cancer drug research, and they get up and talk about that. We have students that are talking about the way in which conspiracy theories are sort of running amok and creating social uh, distress in uh, in different societies. I mean, this, this is the range of sort of ideas that you get to hear about. So in one night, you just get this brilliant palette of research that's going on, and you realize, oh my word, we're doing amazing things. We have students doing awesome stuff at ISU, and it's just, it literally just kind of blows my mind every year. And I, it makes me excited <laughs> to just keep getting up and coming back nice. and knocking down doors and getting grad students in. Nice. It's awesome. 
great event. Nice. That is super. Excellent. It's I, I love the uh, the uh, the metaphor of a palette. You know that of of what's presented there. What a great term. It, is it is it or do you see those students who have you know that opportunity? Do that? Does some of that turn into other grants for research or other other job opportunities for them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they. I think what's really great about the 3MT is that anyone who's anyone who's a, a researcher for a living knows the importance of an elevator pitch, because you know that oftentimes you know the grants, um, the, the 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 sort of applications you make, the connections that you make, those those big long applications are important. But you you make the connection and you find out about. Uh, potential possibilities because you you're still networking you're still able to connect with an individual who says you need to apply for this or we need to hear more about this and so you have to be able to talk about your research in a way that shows why it's important and do so very quickly and this actually prepares students for that and i've seen even in my own research career in my own publication career um, more than once it's been my ability to sort of just give that elevator pitch, that two minutes, that three minutes, this is what I'm doing, that's led for, to a, a book publisher saying, I'd like to see that manuscript, or I'd like to, I'd like to hear more about that, or there's a grant opportunity you ought to, you ought to go after. So mm. it's, uh, it's fun. And yes, uh, it, it can open doors. Definitely. Open wow. Doors. Wow. You know, we, we uh, Sweet has, has opportunities with, with some of the different colleges around here to do some collaborations. And one we're working with right now um, is the College of Business, and they have a program that they teach within within their their uh, their, their tuition based offerings that they wanted to offer to the community. And it's called a professional sales masterclass. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if because they've let me sit in the back and kind of watch some of these these exchanges, and I'm picking up some very interesting vibes. I go, well, I didn't know that, or I didn't know this. But I'm wondering if there might not be uh, collaborative opportunities for your students who are getting ready to do these pitches maybe to to run some of that by the college the the, the sales professionals over there and let them see that and they can might they can possibly give them a couple coaching tips or something that might elevate that pitch for them so you know they'd have a better chance of pushing that out getting the grant opportunity super job uh, those guys over there i'm amazed at what they do and I'm, now i'm amazed at what, what your students are doing it just seems like there could be some great a great opportunity to go back and forth and help each other. Uh, congratulations on that. And do, did I understand you say, though, this originated in Australia, but and then at the end it goes international. Do, do, do your students, do any of these students go back to Australia? And is that where the, the winnings are, are determined or what? Yes, they I mean, the the. Uh... The overall event, um, it's the, the genesis of it's a funny story. I don't have time, uh, obviously, to tell it to you here, but uh, um, somebody you can look it up if you ever want to, and you'll you'll get a good chuckle out of how this whole three minutes came about. But yep, they do. Um, they wow. they they move through this entire sort of series of um, of, of events, um, and we. We won the Idaho State um, event last year and sent our folks to the regional, the Western regional event, uh, where they competed very strongly. We didn't, we didn't move on from there to the national event um, last year, but, uh, but I, I've got high hopes this year. We got a good crew of, 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 of winners this year, but, but, yep, they can. Ultimately, if we, uh, if we do well enough, you could find yourself in Australia for the, for the international finals. Oh man, that's awesome! That's great. Very, very cool. He, you know, we're getting close to the end of, of our time here, uh, but I have I have a Dean question for you. 
What what is as you look back on your three years here, and, and I think you've done phenomenal work in growing the programs. Do you have any favorite experiences that you would be able to share with the audience, whether that's involving uh, what you've done within within the office or the students that have come through? Does anything stand out for you? You know, um, well, I appreciate that opportunity to reflect. I think. Um, this may be a, a slightly different take on that question, but I think the most impactful thing for me in the last three years or the thing that I've been the most grateful for is honestly just to see students be as resilient as they've been over the course of, of what we've weathered over the last few years. That to yeah. me has been yeah. the most inspiring and, um, and it, you know, it makes me look at the challenges that I may face as I'm trying to figure out funding for these students or or how we're going to get them into the U.S. To, in order to go to school when we've got COVID lockdowns going on. And it makes my challenges seem minuscule in comparison to what some of these students have, have navigated. I've met and worked with students who've lost family members and have been unable to go home to attend funerals because that international travel was not allowed. Um, I've worked with students who, you know, have cared for ill family members at the same time that they've continued to pursue their graduate degrees um, at ISU, knowing that this door needed to be opened for them and their family. And so they have, they've weathered some really difficult things and graduate education is very demanding. And so to see these students navigate what they've navigated over the course of of covid um and and the resiliency that they've demonstrated that has been the most powerful impactful professional experience i think i've ever had and i'm i'm incredibly grateful for those students it just endears me to them and it it truly makes me want to get up every day and keep finding ways to create more opportunities for them so i would say it's those ISU students, man, they just impress me so much and they're worth working <laughs> for. They deserve people to work hard for. Yeah, well right. said, well said. And thank you nice. for that. Uh, yeah. There's um, th there's so many thing, good things going on around this campus. Um, and and it's it's a wonderful thing to see everybody pitching in and trying to make uh, the lives of our students better and productive. And, and you're certainly turning out some wonderful uh, if I can play on an earlier tournament, the ambassadors. I mean, we have ambassadors, students who are greeting new students coming in and here out of your programs. These are these are now graduate uh, ambassadors, uh, ambassadors going out into the world. So well done on that. Hey, I'm sorry, Dean. Uh, I, you probably heard the timer go off. But one of the things that we do try to uh, let our audience know is at the end is, is how would how would somebody interested in learning more about your graduate program? Uh, how would they get in touch with with somebody in your office? Is there a preferred way, a website or a call, walk-in? What would be the best way for anybody to reach out and learn more? You bet. You can absolutely reach out and contact us at the graduate school offices. We'd love to hear from you. Our website is pretty straightforward. It's isu.edu slash graduate g-r-a-t-e uh, and that's that's where you can find us all of our contact information um, i myself love to talk with prospective students so if there's somebody out there listening that's thinking graduate school may be for me don't hesitate to give me a call i would love right. to chat with you 
Right. Super. Thank you very much. And anybody who's interested, it's 28282-2150 for the office. And, and I know uh, they can get they can get uh, you in touch with the dean and have that great conversation. Fantastic programs, fantastic addition to our university. Paul, Angela, uh, we're at our, our, our end here. We need to wrap this up. You know, so uh, I know it always goes by so quickly, yeah, doesn't it? It does. Thank you to uh, Dr. Uh, Bradford, our dean of the Idaho State University Graduate School. Uh, wonderful programs, three years here. And uh, he brought a wealth of experience. This is now turning out some fantastic ambassadors, showcasing the resilience of many of them. Thank you for that. Um, thank you for uh, taking the time to be with us here on Sweet Talk. Paul, would you like to wrap us up? I'm going to wrap us up. So um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at cetrain at isu.edu. You can visit our website at cetrain.isu.edu, or you can call us at 208-282-3372. And Gary, thank you so much. Angie, thank you so much. Adam, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Um, and everyone be safe out there. Excellent. Thank you all. Bye-bye.